Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And this is episode 106. And today we're really delighted to be um, joined by an alternative hip hop artist, would you believe it? Um, We're down with the kids this week, um, called Lala HF. Uh, His real name's Charlie. And yeah, I kind of heard Charlie's music, well, Lala HF, I should say, on Instagram and and then found out he was sober and obviously if you listen to the podcast you know that I'm a kind of 90s hip-hop girl so I just was really interested to hear his story and hear kind of how creativity um, has changed or has helped his kind of mental health and, and sober journey so and obviously we don't have a lot of men that come on the pod so it's really great to always sort of hear and to hear um, from the yeah, learn a little bit more yeah, for the Sobros. So, um, yeah, we always start with a check-in. So, hi, Charlie. Or should I just call you Lala? I don't know what. Lala's best. cool. Yeah, that's that's what okay. my friends call me. So, yeah, go with All that. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, how are you doing? I'm very good. Yeah, I'm 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 very well right now. Yeah, doing doing great. Re- really uh, happy to be in your in your company. Um, been been following the show on a on a regular basis. Um, yeah, pleased to be in the in the conversation. Oh, good stuff. And you, Kate, how are you doing? Oh, I don't know. I've got bloody clue mine today, flying by the seat of my pants. I'm all right. Yeah, it's been quite an interesting week. By the way, right, so yeah, I, I have no idea. My brain is really, really scattered, as you've just yeah. seen, because I've changed tack already. I was going to talk about this week, and then I've just realised that it's Thanksgiving today, isn't it? So when this goes out, it will be Thanksgiving yesterday. So happy Thanksgiving in retrospect for yesterday to all our American um, people, listeners and everything. And hope it was wicked. So, um, yeah, so that's us about how I am today. I feel like I'm doing everything back to front. I'm all right. I'm all right. One of my chickens got out. I had to chase it. I, the, the one that we think is a man, well, a, right. a, a male, so it's not a man. The one we think we thought we got three female chickens, and we're getting more and more convinced that this one chicken is a bloke. And and now I just kind of refer to it as him now. And so I had to chase him around the garden and get him back in. And one of the guinea pigs got out, and my husband Dave calls my guinea the guinea pigs the snacks. <laughs> right so the ginger snack got out so that was my last I had to get up the first thing this morning and I saw the really tiny ginger snack out running around the garden why does he call them snacks because they're basically snacks they're like if a predator came oh it would just that would be the first snack right nibble that like a yeah okay so anyway. It's a little bit like a what's it, that one, isn't it? The ginger one. <laughs> it's like a what's it. Oh, how do you call him that? So, yeah, yeah, that's me. How about you? How are you, Mant? I'm good, yeah. We're, I think we're a little bit hysterical because uh, today has been one of those days where we've just, like, rushed from, like, meeting, client meeting to another one and then just jumped in for a call to talk about other stuff and then... Um, gosh, such busy bees, aren't we? But um, I am all right. I'm wearing a dress today and tights, which is just like crazy um, because I haven't slept for two days because of the full moon. And I've been on the sofa and was feeling so shit this morning. 
um, and very sorry for myself. So I put on some Aretha Franklin and I had a nice shower and I moisturized and put on a dress. So that's being a sober badass for you. It certainly is. Yeah. High five. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Mm. All right. So, um, Lala. Yeah. Uh, we always start sort of just talking a little bit about your decision to go alcohol free. So if you could tell us a little bit about your story, please. Gladly. Um, yeah. So I was by definition a, a binge drinker, um, very much so. Um, didn't do anything in moderation. Um, yeah, uh, I would fit as many beers in as, as I could get. Yeah, as in basically, um, it's kind of my style. Not that it's a stylish activity, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of the drinker that I was. Um, and I've I've been like that since I've been drinking. I think really there was definitely periods of accession. Um, you know, in in a up and down trajectory, but in when it actually came to right today's a a booze day, it was always heavy and lots of and and yeah, I was never really good with the quick lunchtime one and and back to the office or any any of that. It was always full on kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I I was. I was trapped in a, in a thing of thinking, right, this is normal now. This is, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a point in my life. I'm a family man. I'm a, you know, a, a bloke in, in social circles. And, and this is, this is what is, is the done thing. This is how you process life and, and, and anything else that irks you or, or, you know, that, that, that's, this is normal and, 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 and trying to accept that, that that was, you know, but that doesn't work. Um, it took me far longer than, than I wish it had. Um, but yeah, just that, that pattern of living that, 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 that direction just, it, it doesn't work. No. Um, I mean, I, from a, a social perspective, I've got a lot of friends who enjoy drinking and, and, and did greatly at managing that. Um, but that, that would put me in a position where I was always first and last in the, in the pub kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I noticed that it didn't consume other people's lives the, the way I thought it was consuming mine. Um, and there was a there was a moment as such. Uh, I say a moment. It was kind of a week, really, a deciding week, in which I was house sitting for my beloved parents um, and doing a bit of part time work with a friend of mine who is a big party guy. Um, he works bloody hard, but he, he does enjoy a drink. Um, and I'd, the week had gone on so much that I'd made a mess, essentially, not a massive mess, but just a mess of my parents' house and wasn't in a position to tidy up. And in, that was coming back from holiday. So it was, it was a big of a, it was an embarrassing family moment, really. I put a lot of distrust. I don't know. It was just, I, I abused the, the family home in a, in a way that I wouldn't have ever intended to do so, but the way that, incidents happened during that week um and that that was a big that was a big coming to the head so you know um is that a phrase coming to the head coming coming to a head um yeah and and i I had to have the difficult chat with mum and dad who are very laid-back lovely people 
um, both big drinkers throughout their lives as well. Um, but yeah, and on on side on on, the, on top of that, I went to a gig at the end of that week with two childhood friends who just you know after uh, the night had gone, I was a state when I got there kind of thing, and that I sensed their alarm almost. And they'd kind of give me that chat. No, they didn't dress me down enough. They didn't say, "Look, you, you know," but they just said, "Look, this is off. This isn't you. This you're not. You're not. You're not us as we recognise you. You're not. You're not your usual self." Um. So yeah. So that that was that was that was pretty much it. Um. I, I just I, it been in my head for a long time. This has got to stop, but I couldn't find that stop. I didn't know what that stop looked like. Um. And yeah, that that kind of upsetting mum and dad, I suppose, is <laughs> kind of is kind of a big a big help. And and having having long term friends go, you're not right. This this needs to ch- this needs to change. And I'm and I'm grateful for what was a, a, sh- a crappy week to to turn that around. I suppose if if that makes sense. It mm. sounds like um, what I was thinking when I was listening to your story is how important relationships are and how. Great, you know, you had those really strong relationships in your life that could, yeah, sort of mirror that back to you and have a have a word with you almost. Um. Yeah. So, what was your what was your way out then? I mean, what did you do to to stop? Did you go to groups? Did you stop on your own? Like, how did you approach it? I um, yeah, I spoke with mum. Mum has openly within the family had her own challenges with alcohol through 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 her life um and she it was kind of, it was it wasn't like she just slapped this up mate and it was it wasn't like that at all i could have carried on regardless i could have gone oh sorry about that we can just you know whatever um she was like look there's you can talk to people like about this and i i i honestly felt knowing the world and and being aware of my own mental health and we can maybe touch on that stuff in a minute but I, I kind of completely didn't see that facility i didn't see that there was something you could do about not being happy in, in excessive lifestyle you know um but yeah she she found a place nearby me um i got in touch it took maybe a couple of weeks to kind of get on their list or what have you um this is a, a an nhs thing as well it's not something i had to pay for or any of that um but it took me six sessions with the counselor um she was awesome really really awesome um and and that 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 was it really um i haven't had any hiccups since i haven't um the temptation's probably always going to be there i think maybe um knowing what i'm like um but yeah that was that was that was it really that was it was six sessions um there wasn't necessarily overly i mean yeah they were emotional i had to i had to talk to myself via her i think which is what counseling is largely about um but yeah they they, they, they it really really the turnaround was really quick in terms of going from one road to the other that's amazing and really mm. nice to hear because we don't often hear actually sort of that route actually you know kind of talking to to a drugs and alcohol counsellor and that being that kind of support so it's really really good to know and good for people listening to know that that support 
Was it? Um, but was it that? Was it C? Well, like, what was it? Was it a CBT or was it a, a, a specific alcohol service? No, it was accessed? an alcohol service. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've looked into CBT and and that, that didn't kind of work out. But it, this one was a um, yeah a specific yeah. alcohol and, and substance abuse service. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Andy said, it's great to know, isn't it? Because we often hear the other. The other yeah. side of well, it. Yeah, our experiences too of like going to the doctors and then being told to moderate. So it's just like it's getting that it's going to the right people, you know, mm. and and having that mirrored back. So you touched a little bit on your mental health. Yes. Um so is that something that you think had an impact on your drinking? Is that part of the story, do you think? Largely, yeah. Um and I think it ties I was actually thinking about this kind of in in the build up to, to to us having this chat today, um, but there's a, a massive connection that's webbed. I don't know. So in in a great complexity between a creative mind, which I have as as, as being a, a music based artist, um, and juggling extreme emotions that come with mental health um, concerns. Um, sometimes they work to wonderful poetic uses and you come out with you know some really captivating material or whatever but the other side of that is having having a brain that isn't always geared to deal with things in a logical sense um and yeah so i've i've i've, I've struggled with with mental health before i even really knew that you know mh was a thing and that, you know that it, it's like, yeah, I feel crap. I feel rubbish. I feel, you know, I don't like myself. And and that was all. It was all a massive snowball thing with, with the life as as it was. Um, I, I, I did go to GP. I've been to GPs more than once and said, look, I'm, I'm not happy. I, I can't cope with this. Um, I think the very first one that I spoke to, um, she was a quite a staunch lady, and she she was like, well, will you drink? Like your, your mental health's great, but you drink, so fix that, and then maybe talk to me about that. And that that was, I mean, all right, maybe that kind of thing works for some types of people, but I'm not a a sergeant major conversation part. I don't, I don't deal with not like not mm. you know, um, I don't deal with that approach well. Um, so yeah, that didn't work at the time. Um, so yeah, so I I done I was on citalopram for a while uh, for another GP. This is drinking years still. Um, I was on and off. I was I was on it and not committed, and then um, on it and doubting the effects. And yeah, so it, it just didn't. And then yeah, I don't know. Long and short of it, it just I I, I kind of try, been trying for a long time to figure that out and figure the figure the answer. And it yeah, it, it didn't didn't work really. What um, I was just thinking, sort of the, that I think so much of our sort of mental health journeys, and I know Mandy and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, and it's like we can really relate to what some of the things you said about that sort of creativity, uh, sensitivity, the brain not quite fitting with what it's supposed to be doing in our fast-paced, linear, twenty-four-seven cycle somehow. Yeah. And I'm 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 interested. You know, you said sort of what what some of the things that maybe didn't work. So what does work for you? What are your what are your mental health tools and your sober tools? Um, mental health tools are uh, keeping busy. Um, 
because for me, and I, I know I, I speak for certain other types of people at least who, who you know, who have a, a journey like ours to, to whatever extent, um, alcohol fills a hole, whatever that hole might be. So to remove that filler, you've got to swap it. You can't just take it out. And I'm not usually a very busy person. Um, you know, I've, I've got a nearly 12-year-old daughter. I've, I love my football. Music is, you know, a, a massive part of my life still. But I don't feel sometimes like I have the diaries that other people tend to have. So it's, you know, I, I don't, yeah. So my, my schedule isn't always jam-packed, essentially. So I, that space is is where drinking time would have been. You know, there, there, there can be a whole Saturday and I go, right, I've got nothing on. And I would have been there in the pub. I would have put best part of £100 worth of alcohol away or, you know, whatever. Um, so you've got to replace that. Uh, that That is essential. Um, music's done that for me in a massive way. Um, I've really been able to look at things differently um, in a more productive way and very aware of the whole time that you save of, you know, a five o'clock pint means that you're not doing anything from eight o'clock onwards, whereas I can now. And I still love pubs. I, I love going to bars. I love, I mean, I wish I was at one. <laughs> kind of thing. You know, but I've, I've, I've made, I think I probably made a point of exercising demons or whatever you want to, to go to pubs with friends that drink to do that whole, we're in a pub. I still love this. Pubs are great. You know, energy, blah, 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 music's on, conversations, all of that stuff. Um, I mean, five pints of lime and soda really makes you go to the toilet a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, um, so I'm, I'm digressing now, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's about, it's about filling that time with, with the right things and, and, and having, utilizing the time that you have. Knowing I can, what I'm saying is I could go to the, go to the pub with friends, watch a game of football, come back, and I've still got that whole rest of that day in the exact condition I would have been before I'd gone there kind of thing, which is a mm. brand new experience for me. It really is. Yeah. And I love that. And it can, and that's the thing, because it can seem really scary. Like when that's been your, the way that you've socialized, that's been the way that you've spent your time. All of a sudden you've got this like, God, like, what do I do with myself? Yeah. And it is, it's finding that, you know, a lot of people turn to creativity or turn to, you know, service or doing stuff for other people or kind of, yeah finding other ways to just f fulfill themselves but it's so much more fulfilling than just getting pissed <laughs> so, yeah. um and I wanted to touch back on sort of the mental health side about you know being being a man and obviously like mental health for men is is a real concern you know there's not a lot there's not a lot of conversations happening well it's starting to happen now um and you know and and we seem to probably why there aren't so many men on this podcast is this podcast is kind of for you know the sober curious or early intervention it's not really looking at that kind of rock bottom dependence and we seem to see that a lot of men only seek help when they are in that kind of like you know there's no other option kind of thing they are powerless so yeah I guess like what have been your experiences of of 
kind of those conversations with your friends and and why do you think men are, are not sort of reaching out for for help I suppose um it's a it's a really tough one um I, I will take a second to shout out a friend of mine um JJ Bowler who's just written a book um about toxic toxic masculinity and the the, the and it, it, it really really drives home it i was biased when i read it because we were like from school days so i've i've known the guy a long time we grew up in a you know in, in literally the same council estate in in camden and and, and I, so there was a massive bias for me in this book but it really hit home because it touches on cultural aspects and um, I, I don't want to completely rattle on, on, on this side of things, but I've, I basically had kind of two lives. I've moved about a bit. So I, I was brought up in Camden, Northwest London, um, in a largely sort of music orientated circle, um, a very diverse group of, of friends. Um, and Drink was was always there from a, a family perspective, so it was kind of it, there was a high likelihood of it maybe being an effect of, of my life. But so the but it wasn't a massive thing socially. Then I moved to um, Harlow in Essex, which is a, a lot more say lesser. What's the word I'm looking for? Less progressive in in a, in a lot mm. of aspects. So. Being in the pub is kind of what you do as a bloke, where you're like, okay, you're a bloke, go to the pub, and and you know whatever else happens is is that. I, I noticed that change in in mentality largely, like it was just. I'm looking at people going, is this is this everything? Is this? Mm. And I mean, we've all been in in certain types of pubs where it's like, this is just a, a type of counselling without a name on it, and. I mean, I've run a pub for seven years, so I've, I've definitely seen that other side of it. And it's like, you need to sit down with someone proper. I'm a bartender. I'm a, I'm a bar person. You know, I'm not qualified to address your really complex, really individual mental health concerns. Um, and I, that's, a, that's a thing that both men and women have, have, have done in times. I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to... This is a very sort of manly-ish pub, whatever that kind of context means. But it, it wasn't, um, yeah, I don't know. So, <laughs> um, but it's, men and women both have have dealt with their issues in in that kind of way. Um, mm. But from from a, a kind of era gone back, it's like a generational thing that in parts of the UK and definitely parts of the world, blokes are just like, right, I've got problems. I'm just going to deal with it with this. And it's yeah. not having, not even having the space to ask the question in the middle, I think is where it is. It's like not even, not even the, am I okay part? It's like, mm. so this is it. I do this for a job. I go, I finish work. I go to the pub. I do this on the weekends. But like, and that's, it's that, you know, that black mm. and white for them. And it's like, life isn't like that. I don't care how simple your life can be. There's space there. You've got stuff to process. You've got stuff to talk to yourself about, you know. Um, so yeah, that's. I think there's, there's there's there is a big issue with 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 men. You know, I mean the 
the male suicide stats and all of that real dark stuff speak for themselves. You know, this is this is a problem that that has to be fixed. Um, and and it's you know a, a million conversations like ours right now that hopefully steer that correct. Sure, so important to just yeah to have that chat to be able to open the topic and hear that's what's amazing about you coming on the pod and you know you talking about your your mental health journey it's like you said I've that what really hit home to me was that there's not even that bit in the middle somehow it's not even because if there's not that how do we how do we ask the question if the question is not even there yeah mm. And so, but I was, I, well, I, I wanted to go back as well. I'm quite interested in going back to your music and sure. mental health because, and I say this because my husband um, is, a, is a musician and he has an angry garage punk band, middle-aged garage punk band, and he writes awesome music. Um, but it is a kind of therapy for him and he's he's had quite a lot of loss over the last couple of years and lost his sister and there is there have been you know there's been trauma and mental health stuff there and he has very much found a therapeutic place with a couple of other men and it was important that they were men as well to thrash out these angry tunes and I was just wondering what where music fits with in this piece with your your mental health as well or if it does um it definitely does yes um be being uh i don't know men- mentally aware person in a creative sense i i don't like to i don't like to put loads of I, i'm going to copy i'm stealing this off, a, off an artist that i love loads uh aesop rock who was on a podcast I was listening to the other day and he's, he's had his own issues with, with mental health and he was talking very openly about it. And he said that he, he doesn't like to put out too much negativity. Um, it, it, it will collate within his head, within his whatever, but he doesn't want to always be projecting the stuff that's eating him also. Um, and I'm like that myself. Um, I, I, I try to be, comically therapeutic in my own music often um not always not every song is the same but um i i definitely do find that music um it does so much it's so it's it 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 really is uh an amazing thing across genres you know i mean yes i'm I'm an alternative hip-hop artist but i i I find loves in, in lots of different types of music and and the stories of icons gone by that have battled with with you know similar similar issues sometimes even to more an extreme thing than my own. Um, but yeah, the, the the two are very largely intertwined, as, as we were saying right earlier on in in our, in our chat today. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I mean art in whatever it is comes from emotion. Emotion is tied to feelings, and and those feelings although we feel like they come from the heart and they scientifically come from the head where, you know, that's, and, and it's a real tangled, tangled thing. Um, so sometimes you can throw a bit of art out, whatever it is, whether, you know, it might be a, a painting, it might be whatever, whatever you've created. And there doesn't always have to be answers and, and sense in, in everything you've got out, but you've got it out. You know, you've, you've, you've removed, part of the burden from yourself and put it over there as a 
as a thing into itself. You're like, okay, you're a mess, but you could be messy over there, kind of maybe in in, in that. If that, if that makes some sort of sense. Yeah, yeah, and I love that, and I and I love the the fact that it's like you can you can sculpt because we talk. I mean, obviously, we're quite stupid on this podcast quite a lot, <laughs> and you know, and you know, and because it's good to laugh like it doesn't like part of resilience and part of recovery and part of you know this whole thing is being able to to find humor and that's proven and I love the fact that it's like yeah you can write all that stuff and it might be the really really dark stuff but that's not necessarily what you want to put out into the world what you want to put out is something that that has that kind of humor or that you know an essence of being able to turn things around you know, and, and that's what you want to kind of, uh, I guess, a way of an intention of how you want to live your life. And yeah. I think that's, that's really cool. It's transformative, isn't it, as well? It's, it's one something that happens in the process, in that sort of messy, messy process of I don't know what's going to happen when I start to write or start to speak, or start to put paint on the page or whatever it is, we enter that sort of playground almost of like, I don't know. And there's something about that space of not knowing that is very therapeutic. Mm. Whatever whatever it is, it's, it's something about that. For me, I, I'm, I'm sort of speaking out, thinking out loud. I've entered the playground of the mind because you've got my juices flowing now. <laughs> and, um, so, yeah, but I, I, love, I love that. And I think it is that. I mean, we've done it since we were cave people, haven't we? We've banged drums, we've danced, we've shouted we've created music and so there's something that bypasses all of the rules and all of the what we should be doing and gets and bypasses that as a conduit somehow to something that's helps us right well yeah and I and I think um you know specifically talking about spoken word hip-hop you know grime those sort of areas there is a kind of a a cultural commentary which has been so impactful and so kind of helpful for people to express you know complex emotions yeah. you know and I, I I mean yeah what why the love of hip-hop I suppose where where did that come from and 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 why is that such a sort of important art form for you um for me so mum and dad are very musical um Mum is still in a band now, bless her. Um, yeah, I, I, I grew up. Mum's from like a punk background, really. That's where she kind of really found her, her herself as a as a, a young adult female. Um, what early eighties, kind of that, you know, that that kind of era. Um, and yeah, music and and art and any forms of expression have been a paramount part of my upbringing um that being twinned with being so fortunate to to be brought up in camden um (laughs) which is (laughs) something that i i didn't know just like how privileged that little part of, of of everything was um as i say i've moved about a bit now and and i look at places and i'm like what like where where, where is everything you know where is everything <laughs> that's such a Londoner thing to say it like is, my husband is. is from North London as well he's in Moswell Hillbilly and that's such a London thing to say <laughs> where where's it all gone <laughs> I, I mean I, I actually I actually live 
in like what we call the Black Country part of West Midlands, which is which is given that name because of its industrial um, backgrounds and yeah. So it's, there's a, there's a lot of factories and a lot of desolate buildings and a lot of all of that kind of stuff around me, um, and I have to venture into Birmingham and, and a particular wicked little pocket of space called Digworth, um, which is just awesome. I wish it was big enough, bigger, but you know. Um, but yeah, but I mean, mu- music and and kind of an underground or alternative or you know music outside of, of the central mainstream commercial space has always spoken to me in in whatever sense because of its because of its it's dealing with emotions um hip-hop came into my life off off the back of mum and dad because you know public enemy and all of that kind of real early early era that i was at, i was too young to understand the, the the depths of what was going on at the time um yeah but but still the the, the energy i think like mu- kids and music is is a, is a real natural chemistry like i i i, I I'm a massive fan of the of the connection when you see a you know a toddler just rocking away to a rhythm and and it's like that is that's beyond everything modern technology you can't you can't buy that you can't build that that is that that's, and that's Spotify yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but I mean so p- poetry and, and and music of of, a, of an emotional existence has, has has been there from from real early for me. Um, and yeah, hip, hip hop's just a very great example of that when it's when it's it's done in its, its many varied ways. Um, from 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 a, a London perspective, I suppose I, I grew up around what people can sometimes be worried is is violent music or you know all that kind of crap that people have been saying about any um, I don't know city focused or, or whatever you what label you want to give it music for however long. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's done, it's done so much for me. Um, it, and I'd rather have a, I'd rather have a violent record than a violent society. And that's why I'll, I'll always protect, um, you know, music of, of, of that, of that ilk. I, you know, whether well, I make it myself is, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was well, no, it's just cause, um, a good friend of mine, Vanda Canton, who is a, um, she does a lot of spoken word and hip hop therapy. So she works uh, in prisons and in a city and um, and is, a, is is trying to get funding actually at the moment to do a PhD in, you know, why kind of the criminal justice system is breaking down forms of social expression, which, you know, is, you know, yeah, I'd rather have a violent mm. she would say exactly the same mm. thing I'd rather have a violent you know piece of music than violent on our streets and you know so it's that kind of whole looking at you know um yeah sort of knife crime and 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 looking at inner city music and I just I, I wholeheartedly agree with you I just I think it's such a sort of powerful and it's been so transformative for a lot of people in my life growing up you know and we were talking just before that you know, I grew up sort of um, in a small town, but like a lot of my friends were into hip hop and my brothers too, you know, and um, kind of growing up outside Bristol and going to sort of that whole, that whole scene was just, 
I always say it's like because there was a, a big period of my life where I, I felt quite a lot of shame about what I got up to as a young person like shit you know all the sort of drugs and alcohol and the the, the raves and the the free parties and I put myself in so much danger and all that stuff but when you strip away those which were kind of ways of making it socially acceptable like you know that the drugs and alcohol were the conformative bit of it you know and if you take that away it's like all we wanted to do was connect and dance and listen to music and and all of that is actually quite tribal and all of that is actually really good practice like now as a coach and a well-being person it's like actually that's all really good stuff it's like people you know co-regulating together and and communicate you know community and connection and all those things are really good Absolutely. it's just because it was seen as anti-social behavior you know then we did it in dark places and and then you know because we're not taught to be allowed to express ourselves you know it was like right well let's get pissed because then we can dance like idiots and we don't have to worry about it do you know what I mean but and so for me now being able to claim that side of myself and say I still love that music and I can dance around my kitchen living room um you know and, and I love that about kids because it's so true like that that is pure joy when they're dancing to music they just don't care and um yeah I just yeah thank you for saying that because that sparked a bit of my activism I think of kind of it's just really important that people have creative outlets definitely absolutely um living in living in the world that's created by forces and people and organizations that will, you know, I, I don't always understand. Um, but, you know, as a, as a passenger within it, um, I, I, I will stand by anyone's um, right to, 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 to create something that, that, that changes that, that, you know, pulls again, pulls something that might be lodged in the dark depths of the, of the brain somewhere that's causing behavior and, and a, a life that you know isn't 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 good for for them and for for, for those around them. Um, so yeah, so so what, whatever that will be, um, you know, if you if you can find a way of, of making something out of that, then that's that's where that belongs. Yeah. Yeah. So what um what plans and projects do you have? I know you've got some music out. Do you want to tell a little bit about, you know, how people can find you, what you're up to? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm all the sort of, well, many similar places where they'll find Love Sober, actually. Um, you know, <laughs> your, your, your Spotify's and that kind of thing. Um, that'd just be Lala HF uh, on, on any given platform. Um, there's Bandcamp as well. Bandcamp's always nice for, mm, for people that are into yeah. that. Um, so, you know, I've got a couple of, t-shirts and stuff and all that kind of thing going on over there um but yeah i bet i've had a really good productive year um i, I said about public enemy being a, a, a big inspiration earlier on um but chuck d actually played my record on his radio show earlier this year which mm -hmm. is like a giant yeah, life you moment. Can't get much yeah, yeah much bigger than that yeah um yeah so i've i've, I've I had a I've had a really good year, um, and and being sober and being of of a, of a stronger um, position has has really really helped with with all of that and helped make all of that happen. Um, so yeah, I, I, I take a, I take a lot from it. Um, anyway, so yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of I cut myself off just quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm 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 a, I'm about on on all kind of major platforms. I've got 
um, an EP coming out in February with um, a producer from the States called Killer Tame. Um, I'm actually off to get that master tomorrow. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's real kind of a nice indication of, of my diary at present. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's going to be a lot, lot to come from me. Um, I've got, um, another project in the works, uh, with a, a, a I've done a song with an awesome artist called Nahanda. Um, she's a really, really special singer, really just brilliant person to be around, but we've, we've got a song, um, largely kind of, focused on on sobriety and and kind of my own version of of, of that in, in in one place i i don't make every song a, a, a sad you know i used to get pissed all the time anthem um i, I, I try to i try to diverse You're my, my catalog that one then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that song is 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 kind of all of that so yeah i'll uh mm. i'll be sure to share that with you guys when that's um that's all, all ready to go as well Please do. Yeah. Yeah. So so we always finish the podcast with your tip of the day and your reason to love sober. So what would be your tip of the day for people? Um, Get fruit and veg going on in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go with fruit and veg. Um, That's a, that's a lot for me. Um, Really does. Um, (laughs) It's a really unexpected answer, but I love it. (laughs) <laughs> I I dream about alcohol probably five times a week. I think it's still really there are wow. always different types of different types of dreams, but there it's always just an alcohol theme. And I wake up thinking, yeah, like that's just crazy. But let me have a satsuma or you know some celery or so you know just it's again it's all about replacing that kind of thing. Mm. So fruit and veg is a is a, a really handy, hands-on, direct, tangible substitute for for any kind of toxic thing you might play with. I love that. It's actually a really good tip. Sorry, yeah, I was kind of is. taking the piss, but it, <laughs> it's a really good tip because it's teaching your brain that you know to nourish rather than to yeah destroy. Really, yes. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I still and eat you- crisps and cakes and and all of that other stuff, but if you could just you know- lodge a bit of fruit and veg in there, you. You're telling yourself you care about yourself again, I think. Yeah, Yeah, you are, aren't you? And I really agree with you, and it's something that I've noticed recently, is how much energy a carrot gives me. Like, it immediately, if you have a bit of grated carrot or just, like, it is, like, gives you energy. Who would have yeah. you, who would have thought that? But <laughs> yeah, we're just cake after we're all. wild, aren't we, over here? We're like I know. Crazy but it kids. is true. And it, it's like true. I always say that it's like if you make a like um something with loads of parsley, it's like Jesus Christ, that's a hit of like iron. Um sorry if that's blaspheming for anyone. Um and what's your reason to love sober? Um time and time and energy. I'm loving I'm loving the resource that I've given myself back through, yeah, getting getting rid of that monster. It took me so long, so so long, but I'm mm. really grateful for family cuddles and just being able to operate a laptop at eight eight o'clock at night and yeah, all of that. Just just time, time and energy is 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 the reason to love being sober for me, definitely. Oh, I love it. Thank you. 
Thanks, yeah, Lola. thank you so much. It's been wicked. Yeah, really enjoyed the chat. You. Thank you, thank yeah. you guys for for having me on. Love the show. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to uh, to be a part of it. Aww. Yeah, and like obviously we've linked all Lola's details and stuff like that on the show notes. So go and check him out on Instagram, and yeah, on Spotify and support kind of small source. Yeah, artists because they really need it. So, um, yeah, thanks. So, if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, um, send up a flare, reach out. Um, Alcohol Change has agencies of local support in your area. As um, Lola was saying, some really good help there with the NHS that can give us a bit of bit of hope there. It's always worth checking with your GP and seeing what support you might have through those routes, or like reach out to us. Oh, another online community. Don't feel like you're on your own because you certainly aren't. Um, stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you next week for more chat. Bye, guys. See ya.